Welcome to Conversations for Life, a marriage and family podcast from Cross Life with hosts Jonathan and Kathleen. Each episode, we sit down and talk about things that matter most to those that matter most to you. We're so glad you're with us today. Please pull up a chair and join us in the conversation. It's very hard to put into words what this kind of work, connecting with one's system, does for one. It's a basic emotional level that I think can be had in no other way. Well, and as an add-on to that, I think it's a kind of a principle within this theory that issues that arise in relationships can be best addressed and healed within those relationships. Is that correct? And Exactly. Like that's what you're talking about with your dad. And exactly your right. Exactly right. The Freudian way would be to go into every little issue and to confront and to bring up all the things that went wrong in childhood, blah, 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 blah. No, we don't do that. Mm. We do what we think is going to be better for the relationship over long term. And some things, uh, you know, are best just dropped and grown out of. I, I think that, uh, you know, that's that just that alone is a message that a lot of us who are my age need to hear because I think it's very easy as you mentioned, you had to put it on your calendar to call your dad. And if we're being real, I think most people, my age at least, um, you know, because we have young kids, we have our own families, so we have lots of excuses to just sort of write off those hard relationships from our own family. Um, and as you said, though, that the power of healing uh, when someone decides, I'm going to do what I can to to just build a relationship with them now and not ignoring the past, but also not spending forever just trying to dissect every little bit of it and psychoanalyze every little bit of it. Um, the power of healing that someone can experience through that uh, is can be transformational. Exactly. Exactly right. And, you know, the past is the past. It, it's gone. And, um, we can be aware of it, but we don't have to bring it all out. Some of it may need to be bring, brought out, but not a lot of it that we think we need to bring out. We really don't. We we mm-hmm. can um, handle that in a different way. Yeah. And look at it as kind of trash. You know, I'll show. It's hard to be a kid and have somebody telling you what to do all the time, and so it's hard for all families to. It's, all, it's hard for everybody to grow up, really. And yeah. uh, there are things that we all resent, and there are things that we all don't like about it, and so forth and so on. But, um, you know, what Dr. Bowen learned early on at Georgetown was that um, he had groups of residents, psychiatric residents, that were learning from him about their families. And he learned that there were two groups of people Two, two, one group of the residents went back and uh, got relationships with their parents and their generations. The other group didn't take that very seriously. And he found a huge difference in the maturity and the growing up of this first group that did take it seriously. So that's how he learned that. I thought that was very interesting, too. Yeah, so the 
the individual's maturity was very much affected by how they interacted with their parents. And so actually, you know, my, my question is how, how would you see that affecting how, uh, that adult child then goes on to parent their own children? If they've taken the effort to build a relationship with their parents as an adult, how can that impact their own parenting? Well, what, what happened in our in our growing up becomes very automatic. It becomes automatic behaviors that we we just do. We just do them without even thinking. Right. So um, some of them are very useful. Some of them are not. I mean, it's mm-hmm. very useful to to pull your kid out of traffic. Yeah. Right. And say, don't play there. You can't play there. <laughs> right. But. <laughs> Um, but it may not be useful to be pulling your kid out of everything all yeah. the time. So, <laughs> so then we all grow up with these automatics that we may or may not be aware of. And um, I, a lot of it is trash. It's just um, unwanted trash on the way to growing up. And some people clear out more of it and some people clear out less of it. And but I think it just stands in the way of um, of our growing into the people we would like to be, and that maybe God would like us to be. I think that should be the title of your next book. It's all just trash. <laughs> Thank you. But no, you're absolutely well, you right. My, you could be my agent. Can you? Can right, you yeah. agent? Well, and I think you know, just a little for my own self reflection. The issue is habits are what make us feel safe and habits are kind of a way that we even manage our own anxiety. And yet at the same time, those habits can be self-destructive. And a part of what I hear you saying is, you know, as the, the, why don't we just change, right? If change was easy, we would all just do it. Like we thought, Oh, that's trash. I'm gonna get rid of it. But we don't. Right. And part of that is because of the fear of, of, you know, we built these habits to kind of create a sense of, of safety for us. And yet that safety itself can be harmful. Exactly, and they're underground. We're we're not really aware of a lot, most of our automatics. Right, right, because it's just sort of reflexive even. Exactly. And so just becoming aware of what we do, you know, in the pressure of a moment is very useful. And for me, I, I mean, as a parent, I see that all the time in my parenting where I can develop, you know, this may be a superficial thing, not as deep as, you know, more systemic things, but I can develop very easy automatic reflexive responses to, to stresses that my kids are, are, you know, doing or saying or whatever. And I, and it, it takes a lot of maturity on my part to really be honestly saying that needs to change because that's not, and, and a lot of times for me, those reflexive responses are automatic based on my own experience as a child. And, you know, they're not something I really thought about and said, is this how I really want to respond? Um, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's very easy. And, and you know, think, as you point out, thankfully, as a believer, I do have the Holy Spirit that is constantly uh, convicting me and, and showing me, you know. And empowering you to change. Yeah. Yeah. And leading you to the right people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's huge. That's, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's huge. Yeah, we can learn from everybody that's in our lives, I think. I do. I learn from everybody I meet. Hmm. That's a good way to approach life. I mean, that's what I think, you know, the, the value of uh, the Bible doesn't teach Christian community as an extracurricular add-on because 
I, I personally believe so much of what we call sanctification of growing as a believer happens as we interact with other people in our church. And it can happen yep. in positive ways as, as you see people positively doing things. They say, wow, I want to be like that or I want to do that. And not in any kind of way that's covetousness or jealous, but more ways of saying, wow, I really admire that. I really want, you know, like I really want to respond calmly to my kids the way that that dad does. Or I really want to be, you know, um, patient the way that that person is. But then also even in negative ways, too, as we see, you know, examples, we say, wow, like that that's not a healthy dynamic over there. And we can help help shine the mirror into our own hearts. But I think apart from flesh and blood community, we cannot grow, period. Exactly. You know, people are always talking about um, children in the supermarket. And the mm -hmm. other day I saw a dad, he had a little toddler in the cart. And he was talking to the toddler, and the toddler, toddler was just screaming his head off. And, you know, they, they coach, people coach you, and they say, you know, go see if you can help or you can do the supermarket. And, but I was just listening and learning. And this dad uh, said, I, I didn't hear the whole conversation, but I just heard part of it as I kind of passed him around. And he said, well, um, Let's see. Is that the way you want to be? He said <laughs> to his toddler. <laughs> and the toddler shut up and started thinking about, well, is that the way I want to be? <laughs> nice. Wow. Interesting. And I said, I, I went back and I said, I, I don't think I've ever heard such an intelligent, thoughtful parent as you. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it was interesting. And he was just talking to him. Well, is that is that how you want to be? And yeah. you know, he was bringing logic into the situation and talking and contact, calmness, lack of anxiety. He wasn't letting the screaming getting to him get to wow. him. <laughs> Very yeah. interesting. Yeah. Well, and one of the things that you um, talk about is challenging parents with a message that. Their most important goal as parents should be uh, increasing their own level of differentiation of self. And so, exactly. what, what? So, you know, for listeners, and we've talked about this before on Conversations for Life, but we'd love to hear what you have to say about what differentiation of self means, and then how does that happen, and how does that affect your parenting? Well, one of the way, one of the things that differentiation of self means is a lower level of anxiety. Hmm. automatically. So, as I go up the scale, which is slow and hard and climbing, um, you know, I gradually drop a lot of my anxiety, some of my anxiety level. Well, this is going to be an automatic for my children. Right. The less anxious I am, because because anxiety is catching. It's it's very catching. So the more anxiety, needless anxiety. You now some anxiety is is needful for a rattlesnake or something like that. Yes, mm -hmm. right. <laughs> but, but most of the anxiety we carry around with us is is uh, over the top and not not useful. So the more of that I can drop and start to get logical and problem solving. And seeing, okay, what am I going to do about this? How do I want to act in this situation in my life? 
what's my best move at this time? And, and God, what do you think about it? Um, the better my level of anxiety will be and the better that of my children. Hmm. And anxiety doesn't have to mean someone who's, you know, like necessarily having really extreme symptoms like panic attacks or you're not this picture of someone constantly wringing their hands and being really upset about things. It can be pretty subtle, like we mentioned earlier. The anxiety exactly. can really be fueling and motivating most of what we do even and we don't necessarily look like an anxious person. It can be a look. It can be a tone of voice. It can be a little louder than usual, whatever, yeah. I know that it's probably hard to do in, in a, a concise way, but, uh, you know, again, this, this term differentiation, we talked about a little bit in, in other episodes, but people might, might be listening to our podcast for the first time this episode or, or might maybe not have heard that one. So can you, is there any way you could briefly describe what differentiation actually is in terms of Bowen family systems? We, we spend a whole year on it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And it, I wrote, a whole, I wrote a whole book about it. Um, it has to do with level of anxiety. It has to do with how we manage relationships. It, it has to do with something called fusion, where we give up self into the relationship um, rather than being a self in a relationship. Hmm. Uh, so the relationships don't work out very well that way because fusions don't feel good. People mm. don't like them. They don't like to be fused in there. Mm. So when they start to get a little self, even a little self out of the relationship and start talking logically and more, a little more objectively to each other, those relationships work out better. Mm. Uh, they have fewer symptoms. Uh, physical, emotional, mental, um, I think even spiritual. Um, that's, a, that's a little taste of it, but as I said, we could go on for a year or more. We could go on the rest of our lives talking about that. Right. So uh, I hear you saying that being a self uh, in your relationships is a big part of that. Exactly. And, and uh, uh, the book that I wrote, the cornerstone concept, is the year in the seminar when we talk, when we we spend this whole delightful year just thinking about that. Wow, that that would have been a pretty uh, phenomenal year, I think, of, of reflection and growth. And uh, th that book is that, that's one called Extraordinary Relationships, correct? There, the first book is called that. Yes. And is, is that the one where you it's really mainly about differentiation? No, it's called the cornerstone concept. Got it. Okay, so I, I will. I, we will definitely link that book. So if you're out there and you're listening, you're saying, "I really want to know more about differentiation." Uh, pick up that book, and, and obviously, I think uh, you know uh, we we would say that that's uh, there's no you know you 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 get it and you move on with life and you figured it all out. It's it's a constant process for all of life, learning exactly. and even becoming more differentiated. Exactly. Exactly. It's a project that never gets finished. Hmm. And, and, and um, to me, as a Christian, it, I, I see it through the lens of spiritual growth, of sanctification, of uh, becoming more like Christ. Um, and and that's the way that I tend to think of it in terms of integrating that with with faith. But what's so helpful about about it is is I think as as Christians, at least, it's ten, it's 
tempting to think about sanctification only in terms of, you know, spiritual context, not, not, not see it as an all of life encompassing systemic way. And that's what I think differentiation brings into it. It helps us see sanctification in a much more, I guess, human context, which is yeah. very helpful, I think. Yeah. Well, uh, I think it is. And I, in my later years, I have wondered what good am I? What good am I to the kingdom of God? <laughs> um, which is, you know, if you believe that life goes on eternally, then it's a pretty important question to ask. Yeah. So, um, and the, the partial conclusion that I've come to so far is that if I can help people clear away this trash, this, these automatics, most, many of these, if not all of these automatics get transferred to their notion of God. Oh, fascinating. And, and if I can help them clear that away and, and clear up their, and my, and doing it for myself all the time too, my notion of God and who He is, uh, well, maybe that's a help. I don't know. It's up to Him. That's a huge help. I mean, I, I see it all the time where, where, I mean, all of us do it. We all transfer onto our view of God. Um, you know, our own experiences and our own, uh, dynamics and, and it, it's, I mean, personally, I think there's, there's no more controlling factor over a person's life than what they believe about God. And, um, therefore, the more we can get at the truth of who God is and, and see that and apply it to our lives, I mean, there's no more freeing thing. And so I, I, I think what you're doing is, is, is absolutely phenomenal, and, and I'll just say that coming from from my background, I, I am so thankful for, for your work with family systems because I think even as Christians, we're, we're in our culture, and so we are just as much blinded to cultural biases and prejudice as anyone else is to a certain degree. And, and so, to me, family systems has been enormously beneficial for me of helping me as a believer become a better believer uh you know more like jesus and so reading your book for example connecting with our children it has just was is phenomenal and i think um that's you know it's not a christian parenting book but i tell every christian parent out there to read it because it helps you it, it just challenges the cultural assumptions that we don't even know that we have and that's so helpful I, I do think that I do, I do think that it's extremely important to become aware of what's automatic in our lives and what we want to change and what God may want us to change and how he's working with us on that. And uh, the more we do it, I think the more life becomes alive and light, exciting to live. Mm. Mm. Amen. Amen. That's a great note to <laughs> yeah. close on. Well, yeah. we will put... Um, these different books, Dr. Gilbert's written several books. We'll put these on our website so people can look these up and read these for more information. And, and you know, I know for sure connecting with our children is very accessible. This is not like a, you know, a textbook or something. It's something that anybody who's interested in these ideas can read and benefit from in your own family. so much for listening to today's conversation. 
don't forget to subscribe to our channel using your preferred podcast app and join us again next week. Conversations for Life is a listener-supported ministry of Cross Life. Cross Life exists to equip and empower married couples and parents to cultivate life in the home. For more information and additional resources mentioned in today's episode, please visit our website, crosslifetoday.org. You can also find us on Facebook at Cross Life Resources, Instagram and Twitter. Until next time, take care and God bless.